Hello, welcome to the One Life Podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately, things we think can relate to you and your one and only life. I'm one of your hosts, Sarah Inman, and I'm joined, as always, by co-host of the podcast and our lead pastor, Brett Nicholson. What's up, Brett? And we're back to doing this again. I mean, uh, had you muted. Did. Oh, okay. It was okay. a joke I, I earlier, <laughs> and then I just left you it's, muted. It's just like walking on the platform sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's playing. That's fine. He's used to it. Yeah, yeah it's a, that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, and it, sometimes it's my own fault. Sometimes it's yeah. the fault of the person running sound. Sometimes Today we hear you fault. singing. That's true. Yeah. yeah, sometimes you do. In the mic. I've had yeah. that moment before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can remember that. I can remember that. I'm like, this. oh, shoot. I need to turn this down. <laughs> I'm blaring in her ear while she's driving. Uh, yeah, we're we're having fun happening. already. Yes. yes. So. We are. Uh, but you were starting to say something about the, the podcast. No, I was just saying we, were, uh, we, we took a little bit of a break. We and did, now we're yeah. back on. And I'm glad we have a subject that uh, we can be passionate about. We're talking about uh, just our own planting and, and growth through the last 10 years. And also hoping anyone that's listening, if they're interested in church planting, uh, can take a few notes notes and avoid some mistakes and and maybe get some good advice. Yeah, yeah, we had a conversation with our executive director Natalie Jarnowski in our previous episode and kind of focused on some of um, some of the things that she learned. And I remember one of the things I was really curious about asking her was about staffing and um, and what to think of if you're starting a church. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, you can always find any of our podcasts anywhere you listen to podcasts like you're listening now. So um, you can always watch those two uh, at onelifechurch.org on our podcast section. So uh, we'd love to share those out. We'd love for people to listen and watch and be our friend be our friend yeah we need more of those yeah <laughs> but today we have a friend with us lindy weatherly is joining us on the podcast hello. hi lindy hello um so we want to always just start out and just get to know you a little bit but we always sure. want you to tell us a little bit about you so you can tell us okay. a little bit about you and then also um, a little bit about just kind of your background with one life okay uh so like you said my name is lindy um i'm married to chris weatherly uh, we have three, I have three, we have two kids. I was like, we have three kids. Second. I already can't yeah. remember how many kids we have. Um, we have two kids, two daughters, uh, Dorn is 13 and Emmy's 11. And, um, we started homeschooling a couple years back. So that's a new journey that we started on. Uh, this year we've decided to use an online program, which has been awesome. It's given me a little bit more freedom uh, just to allow them to have a little more ownership in what they study, their pacing, uh, and they've both said that they really, uh, they like this format a lot versus what we've done in the past. So you were like, you guys were not doing online program. We were not, we were not. Yeah, we were going through books. Um, So their backpacks would be like huge. They were carrying like, I mean, they would, they would say that they had like back pain because of the amount of books that they had. Uh, so th- this year to do the online program, Dorn just says she loves it because it's very organized. Everything's pretty much in front of her. All the due dates are there and we've kind of scheduled it uh, so they can have a little more freedom on the weekends so that they have a little uh, just time to hang out with friends and being homeschooled has its drawbacks. So we've tried to kind of give them opportunities to connect with a few families that we know that homeschool as well. Um, as far as the worship journey, I actually, I was trying to think back. So back in college, um, that's when that really started for me of even my connection to worship. Um, I went to Liberty University and tried out for worship teams and was denied every single time. Really? Uh, yeah. I don't remember hearing that. Every that. single time. I would get to the second round and then they would always say, nope. You're not a good fit. <laughs> and it's funny because I've done auditions before and I've told people like there's times where you feel like, come on, I, it's my time. And I just felt like the Lord said no over and over and over and 
never let me do it. And then my last semester of college is when I had kind of a aha moment and connection to worship. Um, I had a relationship. They ended up um, breaking up with a guy. And out of that, it was like worship became real to me. And maybe that's why the answer was no. That whole time is because God was like, you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. And so whenever I... that relationship was ended. It's like, all I had was God. All I had was Jesus. And that's when I remember shout to the Lord was like the pivotal song. It's not Um, now. It's still, it still is. That's right. (laughs) That was the song. I mean, there was the key change. I mean, it was like the moment. Um, And my roommate actually would play Hillsong and I would always be like, this is again before this breakup I would roll my eyes like this is so boring like why do you play this stuff <laughs> all the time and then afterwards I'm like this is so great I love it so I just think God was working on me um so when I graduated from college I remember coming home and talking to Pastor Brett actually and said hey um I love like to sing and I I love worship like is there something I can do? Is there any place that I can fill in this time? And um, I think at the time, there wasn't a lot of opportunities necessarily in the adult service, but there were, um, I started in the student service, um, helping out just with students and then started leading worship. And then kind of, um, I think in that same time frame, you started the Wednesday night uh, mm-hmm. service and just tried to kind of gather up a group of people that you just wanted to be a part of worship. Right. And so you started kind of talking with me and a couple other people just about worship and really just discipling us on, okay, maybe that wasn't the best way to lead that song when you cried a whole bunch. Or I, mean, <laughs> I remember some moments you're like, well, how, what, how'd you think that that went? <laughs> and it was definitely, I mean, I was 22. And so there's times that I'm leading a group of, of diverse group of ages and generations that sometimes when a 22 year old says it just isn't always heard Um, in the same way that maybe an older person would reflect on it and how they would communicate it. And so it was just, it was good training for me in a kind of a smaller setting um, before I got kind of the bigger opportunities because working with students, that was a little easier and they didn't, they were just a little more chill while the Wednesday night service was a little, uh, probably just more rehearsed, more refined. Um, I do know that out of that, that's why we started talking about like forming our own team is because we kind of did a roster system. And I remember just my frustration with that of we would get there an hour before we would had to lead people in worship. And I would be like, hi, I'm Lindy. Hi, I'm I'm Lindy. What's your name? Oh, and so you'd got you didn't know anyone on the stage with you, um, not be, just because of the nature of a being a large church, and you because you would continue to get moved around. So slowly, slowly you would start to form relationships, but it took a while, and it seemed like every time it would rotate. And so we talked about like, well, bands always stay the same. What if we created a team that didn't? change and what would that do if we just were a team of people because I always felt like I had to lead the people on stage as well as leading the congregation so I felt like once we formed the team then we were able to lead a little more as like a force um, and and kind of take people in a direction while 
before it just always felt like we were kind of going all different places. You have community there. I mean, you're able yeah. to be, yeah. you understand each other and what you're thinking and feeling and Sure. Yeah. And, and what's going on in their lives. That was the thing that was sometimes wreck me is they're like, Oh, so-and-so was dealing with this and you had no idea until later. And that's why maybe they weren't as connected or they were really struggling because of some family crisis or, uh, so those things surfaced a little easier just in a team setting. So that's kind of how, um, I mean, when we originally started, the edge service that's kind of how that even came right. about was we said hey let's <laughs> let's start a, let's have this worship team because they were playing on wednesday nights and there were some fiascos with that um and so we finally said let's create an opportunity for this group to to play and and not have any lids basically uh, where we could play it as loud as we wanted and uh there were songs in my, they surfaced the other day the one shackles um, oh yeah, and my yeah, mom okay. and dad sure. still would love us to repeat that one. <laughs> and right, I, I can't, I can't go back to some of those days of. Uh, we pulled it off then, but I don't think we would fly now. <laughs> yeah, it didn't I'm fly real sure. well then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we I, did it. Yeah, I think it's it's important for people to understand. Like we we were, we've said many times, we were birthed out of a church in Evansville and um, through our splant thing. And but the original thing was uh, we there were a lot of good musicians that I knew about uh, from my own background and playing in clubs and things like that. And my brother was the same way. And, and I knew there were really, really good musicians around, but the roster system kind of limited that. And I was always used to being in bands where you would just kind of collect up a group of people and then you would, you would all own it together and come up with things. And, but I, I always wanted it to happen that way, but never could pull it off. And when Lindy came along, she pulled it off is kind of what it came down to. I have always, yeah. I've always said that Lindy was like the, the, the notch in the key that unlocked that door because everybody kind of gathered around her, uh, to make this, uh, original worship team, um, a thing where, rehearsals you you had to rehearse you had to arrive prepared you had uh it wasn't just a sunday morning hour before the service mm -hmm. kind of thing it was uh it was uh, there was high expectations and high standards and uh then we did the evaluation stuff mm -hmm. all of those things were incorporated that's why i say we were born out of a church because much of one life culture comes from that very very early switch over to that system yeah and uh and and we did have the, that was the good thing we, we came up with this great band and this uh, but i we played it on wednesday night and it was such a mixed crowd we really turned a lot of people off mm -hmm. and so we just lobbied that but the senior pastor there to his credit he knew it was a good thing mm -hmm. so we actually made it where okay let's start a whole new service that's built around that and we said if you like this kind of thing come if you don't like this kind of thing don't come yeah. and uh and it was loud and rowdy and kind of strange at times and and all that but that gave us the freedom to be who we were so yeah. And we played a lot of third day, if you remember that. There's <laughs> a few did. people out there. Third, third day, day offerings, I think we did most of that album. We did yes. Hillsong. There were some originals yeah. in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we did a whole CD of originals. But I think yeah. what we found is that we just wanted to allow people to express themselves in the way that they knew how. So we had right. drummers who were used to playing in a band setting. And then when they came to church, they were told to kind of pull back and suppress. Yeah. And so it was finally of, no, just play like you would play right. and I think that's why some of them got on board is because they thought oh finally I get to be myself and no longer 
feel like I have to play church music. Yeah, Yeah. it used to drive me crazy. I'd go out and see my friends play Mm -hmm. out in other settings, and they would be just monsters. And then they would come in church, and they would not be monsters. They would be kind of tamed. And and so we just that that was the secret. And Mm -hmm. some of that you can still, well, I still think it's very much real uh, in the One Life setting, even though it's getting mellower. I've noticed that. <laughs> but I think <laughs> they're being anymore. themselves by being mellow. Well, they are. So maybe it's I mean, a style. That was, it was a style thing yeah. back in those. A lot of those guys came out. I played in heavy metal bands, for crying out loud, and so did a lot of my friends. So uh, we had those little uh, splashes of heavy metal kind of laced throughout everything. I don't think I've ever heard it from that perspective of talking about, like, because Brett said, uh, for multiple times, either from a message or just talking about One Life and launching from a worship team, as you said earlier. But when you think of it in that way, like that it launched from relationships and community and people. And like you said, being able to be themselves in the freedom um, of Christ, like not yeah. just in the freedom of, of like, I want to do whatever I want to do, but like, I want to express this, but I want to do it in a way that right. actually feels like music. And so yeah. you're able to express that. And yeah. so when, when you guys were in the process of that and even thinking like we're going to be kind of launching a new campus and, and eventually a new church, what did that feel like for you? I mean, like thinking of even doing something completely new, like, is yeah. it exciting or? I think it was exciting. Yeah. I think, um, I think we already had such good relationships though, because we had already spent so much time together, just playing music together that in a way it didn't feel quite as daunting as maybe, I think sometimes when church planners start a church, they feel kind of like the silo and then, oh, I got to hire a worship director. And uh, I think because we already had this group of people, it didn't feel quite as scary. We're starting a church. We're like, oh, let's do some, let's do five songs or four songs. And I mean, we kind of, we knew what we were doing. So when we launched One Life Henderson, it felt like, oh, this is what we've always been doing. We're just now doing it in a new location. So for when we launched, I don't think we felt, I think we felt scared. Will people show up? And we were unsure of that. But in the end, I think it felt like, no, this is my team. This is my, my group of people. We all had the relationships already. Yeah, we had a huge head start when it yeah, comes to that, just really uh, developing the culture because we had worked it. It had been about eight years that we had done that service at, at Bethel, and and we had gone through a lot of the trial and error things yeah. from auditions. How do we do that? We had we had a laboratory uh, to, and and that's I will always credit Bethel with that. That yeah. Steve and uh, the senior pastor and others just gave us this environment once they gave like try things, do things. We had a lot of failures. We had a lot of successes and we had, we were able to experiment with a lot, a lot of freedom. But, you know, I still think about the DNA. You talk about the community thing. We do life in groups and teams. Mm -hmm. That was because that started as a team and we, we were a family that kind of traveled together. And uh, so that's still very much part of the fabric of who we are to this day. And I do, I, I always think about it. it was very much of a team effort. We had rooms full of people that mm-hmm. um, had a critical meeting when we decided to really go for it, uh, to start the church was over at Lindy and Chris's house. Mm-hmm. And it was a li- living room. We were all kidding about how we're all going to go broke probably, but we could all live at Holly's house and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, just remember those things like that. Mm-hmm. So that made it a lot less daunting because you weren't in it by yourself. Yeah. It felt like we have a team. Yeah. I think that's, I would say for all people that are church planning get a team so you don't feel quite like it's just you get a team and I mean when we started one life 
I don't think we, nobody had paychecks. <laughs> there was oh, no, no, nobody was, was making money. We yeah, were, that's why we it was a joke. That, like, yeah. okay, are we going to be able yeah. to make a living? Do this? Can we eat? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in the end, you right. just had to trust that God would provide on that that side of it, and yep. hope that what we were doing were were going to be successful. And I think um, we did have a lot of volunteer help w- from the very start. That it wasn't like. Oh, I can't wait to work for one life. It was just no. We do this, and we're gonna we're gonna just all pitch in and hope and put make a church because we love Jesus and we want other people in other areas to get to experience Him. Yeah, and, and I guess I didn't say this early on. If if you haven't listened to some of our previous ep- or our previous episode, we we're talking about it's our ten year anniversary mm-hmm. on ten ten twenty. Uh, so it's coming up soon. Um, and so that's what we've been talking about is 10 years of learning and 10 years of changes and new things and exciting things, but also um, celebrations and stories. And so it's always good to kind of go back to some of the beginning. Um, I personally wasn't here at the very beginning. I think I came about less than a year in uh, of the launch of One Life. So some of these things I, I always enjoy hearing because knowing kind of the passion behind some of the reasons things are still done the way that they're, they're, they've been done. Um so we talked a little bit about like worship and I think it's important, like if someone is listening and, you know, maybe they're not even leading worship or a part of a worship team or their church is just trying to start with just people in a room. When you think of worship, Lindy, like how would you def- describe or define that to people? I've always said that worship is just our response to who God is. And so when we think about God and his magnitude, we're just responding. We're just wanting to declare how good he is, how loving he is, how, how he fills us and the peace. And, uh, I think that when we feel that kind of whole, when we spend time in worship, we feel that God is a part of our lives. We feel like this connection for me, worship has always felt like my, it's a connection. I feel the closest to him in worship. And that's why, honestly, when I led worship, so I sang for years and years and years, but never wanted to sing in church because I always felt like it was, it was like me kind of showing off and I felt like that wasn't what God had given me the gift for. Um, but when I started leading worship, I was singing with people and we were all singing, we're all joining in. It didn't feel like the Lindy show. It felt like we're all declaring these things together, the promises of God. And so for me, worship finally was that connection piece. Well, that's why I'm supposed to sing. And so it, it, finally like clicked that that's why I was supposed to do it. It wasn't about me going and being on some fancy show singing. It was about leading worship. And I've always felt like that that's been my calling from that eight right in college. I felt like God said, this is what you're supposed to do. And he hasn't said anything different yet. Yeah. I don't know if Brad is saying, I felt like you're getting ready to say something. Sorry. Oh, I'm, I'm, I didn't. No, I, figured, I figured you probably had me muted anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. Thinking about it. No, um, and and we think about like I know your role um, at One Life. Mm-hmm. You've always led worship in some way. Uh, the worship director on staff um, for a while. Um, anything in learning in that? Like when we talk about even launching campuses and mm-hmm. launching new worship teams and people moving around and and still continuing to have relationships in that. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you talk about that? I don't think I sent you that question, but no, it's something that's that. Okay. Uh, so I would say, so as the, just in my role as the worship director, a lot of times I would just help facilitate starting a new team, um, or just kind of going alongside somebody who had started a new team. I think the thing I always said was it just takes time. It takes time to build 
the relationships that are required for you to finally feel like this is my people. And you sometimes have to do a lot of difficult conversations. And there, I was trying to think back of all the teams that I've been on. And some of them have been at our Henderson campus. Some have been at West. Some have been at East. Um, and there's been seasons where it was very fruitful. And then there were seasons where it was really hard that I thought, ooh, I don't know if we're going to survive. And it was just because people would jump ship for various reasons of, hey, I just can't, I can't serve anymore. And it just starts to be very defeating. But I just always had to come back to, it's not my team, like it's yeah. God's team. And so he'll build the team. So if it ends up being me and the bass player, then we'll just figure that out. And we'll have a worship <laughs> set. will be me and the bass player. Because I felt like... Sometimes I was always searching for other people when God had already given me one or two people. I just had to look around. And I would say for church planners who are just starting out, maybe just look around and see what God has given you first before you dream about all the other things that you mm-hmm. need. Because I think sometimes we, we always look at what other people have. But that is when we finally get that, we've arrived. Right. And I think sometimes we have to see what God has first put in our hands and then just ask him to multiply it. Because when I look at that first original team, we, we they it was every week they led worship for, I think, three years. Yep. And That sounds almost no impossible breaks. to say, but that's really real. I, <laughs> there were we no gave, breaks. We gave, uh, I, I think, t- two breaks, I remember, because we actually hired a, a, a band to come in. <laughs> yeah, because they <laughs> no, were just it really like... Was. It, was, it, was, yeah, it was every week yeah. for three weeks. That's, yeah, because I actually moved away. Yeah. At, for, after one year, moved away. Yeah. Chris and I got married and moved to Florida. And then when we came back, after three years, we formed the second team and finally yep. gave a little bit of free <laughs> <laughs> Then you could play every other week instead of every week. I knew that they went a little crazy. It was actually why we implemented kind of a um, three-team rule, and it wasn't like it's required, but I saw how unhealthy it got for the team that did every week that they just needed a break. And sometimes you need to sit under people and not always lead worship because sometimes that actually affects your heart, I think, too, because you feel like you always have to give and you're never – God is never filling you up. And so I think there's times that you need to just take a break and have a time where somebody is ministering to you. So when we stepped in, I, I could tell everybody went, oh, finally, we don't have to leave worship today. Uh, and, yeah. and some of them, it really, like it was, they needed a longer break after <laughs> They're still on a break now. <laughs> they might be. Some of them, maybe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 18 years later. Yeah. It's, it's one of my big regrets. I don't know how to how I would have gotten out yeah. of it, though. I don't it, was, know. It, it was all happening. Like yeah. from the time we started, I, I will never forget the very first Sunday because we had led up to it for mm-hmm. several months. We were practicing getting ready. And the Sunday finally came, we launched the thing and it took off. Like, uh, it was, it was crazy. I mean, I remember a guy that met us afterwards. He said, you guys were like animals let out of a cage. Mm-hmm. I mean, he said it was just so explosive. It really was. It was like, and so people kept showing up and, and, uh, it was a very large auditorium and it ended up filling up. And then we, we didn't have enough space for people and, and it just went on and on like that. And so you felt like you were on this train that was moving too fast to jump off of at times. Mm-hmm. And especially for the team, but it was just this same team that kept, we just kept cranking week after week after week and burn everybody out. And then uh, we recovered. Okay. We, we, recovered, had, we had a yeah. few, uh, but it's few why we have, there, I think no, we no. tried to maintain kind yeah. of at three, a three number was right. because then it gave everybody a break. I always feel like people need a break mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and then they're ready. 
usually to start practicing mm-hmm. again. So for me, I always felt like don't violate the break because everybody needs a season of just, okay, I don't have to think about it. And then I can, especially in a, as a volunteer, because you do have other, other responsibilities, other life things that are happening. And so I tried to create kind of that rhythm. It wasn't, it's not like it's required, but I just felt like that kept us all in a healthy place where spiritually we could then minister to other people without it feeling like we ourselves are sacrificing our own spiritual health to be able to lead people. So if you can get to the place of three, that's awesome, but not every church has that flexibility. And I think you just maybe start with one and then maybe work in a second and then work in just to give people some space, some breath. And what people may not know, too, is that right now, uh, this odd thing that we're doing of, of doing having broadcast on the screens, that was actually an idea that came along before COVID because we wondered, okay, what if we go into another community somewhere in Madisonville, Kentucky, or Princeton, Indiana, or something? It's very difficult to do that, to come up with three teams right out of the gate yeah. up to a certain standard. You just you can't. It's If you get one really good team, that's great. But what are you going to do in the in-between? And so I thought, well... Why don't we have it broadcast so you can use the broadcast on off weeks and you can build your way up to that? And that's really what we're trying to do right now. We're trying to perfect that so that as we start in new communities, if the day comes when we can, Mm -hmm. that will be the option for the campus pastor to say, we're Mm going to broadcast worship this week and next week, but the following week we'll have our new team on and then they'll get a break and we'll kind of cycle it in that way. So it's just a practical thing because we ran into problems with that because the first team, it took three years. Second team would take, and then we to come up with the third team was relatively quick, and then mm-hmm. I think we got to a fourth team before we left, yeah. and uh, and that came pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So it built on itself. Yeah. Uh, but without the main thing was that the reason it was so hard is that there was a standard thing that we kept uh, hanging on to, yeah. which I'm glad we did. Uh, the expectations were very high, and of you musicians, there is a high expectation that uh, we we kept on, and and Lindy was the author of that too. Yeah. Oh. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's, it's good when you, you were talking about, like, we do have a high volunteer culture, mm-hmm. um, a, a lot of volunteers. Um, but y- you did part of this uh, being on staff. Mm-hmm. Um, were you ever full-time? Were you only part-time? Uh, part-time. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. And so you were doing this, but then now still doing it as yeah. a volunteer. Can you talk about, like, I don't know, just the differences in the way that that feels? Does it feel... Yeah pretty much the same or is it you feel like there's a like you got a chance to kind of even yeah. rest and take Both that rest you were talking yeah. about so yeah so when we started in 10 10 10 I was volunteer I don't think I actually came on staff until 2016 and was it then that late? I'm pretty sure oh, I think it was 2016 and then it was it was a three-year about two and a half two and a half years that I worked on staff as the part-time worship director for three campuses. Um, (laughs) It was kind of Before that, you were doing it as a volunteer. Before that, I was doing it as a volunteer. But I think it's funny. I look back, and that was a tough season, not because of being part-time, but um, it was also the timing of it was when um, my husband decided to go full-time freelance. So I was working two jobs. I was part-time here, and then I was working full well, part-time to full-time at another place. And so like managing all of that was a little, it was hard on me, but it, in the end, I felt like it was like a, a, the push season. Um, but I do think it's funny. I, I look at my role in leading worship and being on staff versus being non-staff. And I feel like for me, it's better for me and, and not being on staff. 
And I think it's because I always saw my me leading worship as a sacrifice of praise to God. So when I was paid for it, it no longer felt like, and it wasn't like I was paid to lead worship, but it was still part, it was, it still fell into my job. And so it always felt like there was, I don't know, like it just, it's not like it cheapened it, but it, it just felt like it was no longer all about him. Um, so for me, it always felt, I felt better in a volunteer role for that reason. Now in the building of teams and doing that stuff, um, to be paid for that was legitimate and it was fine. It just, the actual leading worship part was, um, I think it's just because I was part time and I don't know, it just didn't, for me, it always felt like I shouldn't, this shouldn't be what I get paid for. Yeah. Um, we talk about, um, we talked about some of the things that really that worked well and things that we felt like in the 10 years, even yeah. at the start and then, and within the 10 years that you're glad that we did anything that we haven't talked about that you would highlight like some of the positives. The of, positives. Of yeah. What, yeah. Uh, I loved when we would do baptism services like outside. I always thought that that was a, just a cool moment. Um, worship nights are always one of my favorites. I, when we did the Henderson worship night, I mean, that was just it was a blast because we weren't sure again we weren't sure are people going to come where are we even at we don't even know where this location I'm driving to the place and asking God to like really show up and it was just so filling such a cool night of just worship with um our Henderson folks and then when we did it again in other places again you always have this moment like are people going to (laughs) come Is yeah. it going to be 10 of us today? Is <laughs> Are people going to be here? I think my favorite one was the worship one where we kind of combined it with prayer because I felt like there were some things that people had prayed for that God did um, release them of. Or um, I don't know if we've ever mined for those stories, but it'd be awesome to hear just some of the things that people experience on that one um, because it was just a cool moment to combine that really that prayer force and that focus with worship because they do go hand in hand yeah that was yeah. Because, so because 50 um yeah it was 2016 yeah, yeah. that was we the, led up to it yeah we had yeah. A, we had an outside really intercessory team come in and help yeah. us out and they yeah. did I do remember that. yeah yeah they did yeah. it was so it was a lot cool. of the you know the kind of things that you can't talk too much out loud yeah. mind for the <laughs> stories they did what yeah yeah they were speaking in tongues got things yeah. going on all that sort of stuff yeah. was was happening it was but there were well, there were cool things coming out yeah. of that people were talking yeah. about you know really encountering god and it was it was worth doing mm-hmm. yeah I think the projects were were cool, like the one that we did in Henderson. I think the first one, Identity, Mm -hmm. is that right? Yep. That was a a really cool moment just because of, we had done projects back at Bethel, and so when we decided to do them again uh, in Henderson, we just weren't sure, are people going to get it? And so that was was a neat moment, and just to do, just anytime you do Foo Fighters, people come and... (laughs) That's right. <laughs> Timeless. Food yeah. fires in Lincoln Park. Food fires in Lincoln Park. Yeah. 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 Always had and those two. And even just some of the films yeah. that came out of some yeah. of the projects were, uh, again, my husband, Chris Weatherly, he does, he's pretty awesome. And so he did some of the films for that. And I always felt like that kind of stepped up what we did. And yeah. It so did. I mean, yeah. that was one of the things that we yeah. did whenever we were talking to people, whether in Henderson or wherever, didn't know who we were. We would show mm-hmm. films that Chris had made. Yeah. And, and, uh, and and you could tell people, oh, yeah. oh wow, this is like 
legit stuff. Mm-hmm. Very, he made us look really good. Yeah, uh, he did. And, and, and he, it's he funny because when he got a team, mm-hmm. is when he finally, I think, because again, he would create films, but it was a little bit more of a silo. But when he got a team, and you were a part of that yeah, team, a couple of um, years, it was. It was awesome because I felt like he finally felt like he could share the weight and kind of the creativity. And that was when I think it turned a corner of the collaborative effort. It just, you could see it in the film. And it was just, I could see it because of you had this relationship and you had people that cared about each other. And there were lots of Sundays that you guys were eating pizza at our house and um, talking about short films and yeah. And it was, it was a really interesting thing because, I mean, it, it always amazed me, like, how much Chris would trust, like, mm-hmm. people. So he's like, yeah, can you just call this place and set up this, like, see if we can use their funeral home? I'm like, really? I can do that? You know? Mm-hmm. But it was like, for me, it was like someone believes in you and gives you mm-hmm. confidence. It's the first, probably, creative like, group right. I've been a part of. And mm-hmm. seeing what some of those people are doing now is incredible. Yeah. I mean, still do, I mean, I'm doing stuff that I never sure. probably would have done if I wouldn't have joined sure. or c- learned a lot from that team. Or Did even you set up the funeral home? Um, I was mean, I was helped with okay. producing yeah. that one. Yeah, that I was the funeral yeah. one. Very yeah. Well. that's yeah, also the one. My personal that. favorite project. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that was also the one where we got the fire truck show up at. Um, we were filming in Smitty's, and we turned on a, um, a haze machine, and it turned off the fire alarm. And <laughs> it was like three in the morning too. Was that was at Smitty's. Yeah. I didn't realize that yeah, either. Wow, it. great oh, place. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I also, as we talk about some some of things. Well, actually, I'll tell you the story in a minute. I want to okay. ask you a different question first, but okay. I have a fun story that I was thinking of as I'm looking through archive footage of Lindy. Um, mm, great. Well, archive footage, <laughs> and Lindy was in one of them. But when we talk about things, I think it's when we talk about things that are wins, like yeah. things that you would say, I, mean, I wish we would have done this different, or mm-hmm. I wish we would have done this instead, or yeah. anything like that that pops up. So I think the the one that always comes to mind is, I think we planted a little faster than... Um, maybe we should have it it's hard I always tell people I think I've heard Brett say this too that it's like saying that you shouldn't have had three kids like all at one like in a row that maybe you should have spaced them out or but in hindsight you can't go back and not have three kids anymore so once they're your kids you have them (laughs) they're here yeah so I think that was the thing I think part of our limitations was just the volunteer base that we had going into Henderson it was harder because then we were splitting our force and then we launched our West Campus. And then, again, we kind of split the force again by planting. So all we did was kind of pull people in different directions. And um, I think for me, as the worship director, going from one to two to three was harder to maintain because you have a small church of, I mean, I think we the first day was 1,000 people. So then this when we launched East, or I'm sorry, West, Again, you had over like around a thousand people, mm-hmm. so it's just a large group of people that all of a sudden wanted to be on worship teams, and so we had to really work on our structure. We had to get a lot of things written and in place of just um, these are the things that we look for in worship teams, and uh, so I think it just felt fast in that yeah. maybe we didn't have some of those things documented as well, just to be able to like plug in and really we always say like DNA people that give them kind of, this is what one life believes and why, and this is how you fit into the culture. And I think it was harder to, to accomplish that just because we moved so fast. Mm-hmm. Cause I think we planted West a year later. 
a year and a little half. over a year. Uh, we were talking about it. Uh, Trey was yeah. kidded that we were talking about it the Monday after Sunday's <laughs> yeah. launch. That's probably true. <laughs> it was. I mean, yeah. We actually had a meeting. Yeah. We, and so, yeah, that was because I look back and I think, okay, we, we had the eight years of preparation to yeah. go into yes. the plant uh, at Bethel in the laboratory. Well, and then we took like a year of preparation in Henderson, which <laughs> was pretty unrealistic. Yeah. But again, it was kind of one of those things where you were on this train that was moving so fast. Mm-hmm. You just, uh, it, it was, it was strange. I do, I always tell the story about, I remember being in a meeting, we were with a consultant and we were actually originally talking about planning West and East at the same time. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it, to his credit, he was like, you know, I think you might want to rethink that. <laughs> no, he didn't that, talk yeah. us out of doing the, the, the first camp or, or West. Yeah. He didn't talk us out of doing it. He just said, you need to choose one or the other. And so we chose, but we, it, we never even considered that we wouldn't do one right away, yeah. but we, Looking back, it's easy to say, yeah, yeah, we should have considered staying in Henderson, just building re- deep roots yeah. for much longer. But we were scared that, you know, people were coming over from Evansville by the hundreds. And we thought, how long are they going to do that? You right. know, is that really going to last very long, especially if they have kids, and there's student yeah. ministry issues. So I understand how we arrived at the probably not best advised yeah. conclusion. But yeah, yeah maybe just, just to like lengthen them maybe yeah. a tiny bit. And, and, been and honestly, if we would have yeah. had the infrastructure we have now of the online worship as a, a possibility yeah. into west or into east, I think it would have felt a little less. Oh my goodness, we got to form all these worship teams oh, yeah, for yeah. this campus, and it needs to be made up of people that live in this area. And because you want the ownership, you want the people that are a part of that area to be a part of it. But how to train them and equip them that fast is what we, I think, we just wrestle with in the beginning. So I think, I mean, if we plant in the future to have this as a resource and to be able to know, okay, that we're not trying to just move people into leadership roles that aren't ready to be in leadership yet. See, that's one of the takeaways. It's why we're doing the broadcast thing. There you go. And I wish we would have done it 10 years ago. I mean, it would have been helpful. I think (laughs) it would have been super helpful. I think I said years ago, like, can we do figure out a way to just, not have this all be live like it was because that's what was the it felt like that was a barrier to plant future ones it absolutely was yeah because you we had shaped the the standards to a certain point and and we we really do I don't I I never like comparing to other churches I don't know how other churches operate I just know that people coming from other churches are a little surprised by how we do things they we do things differently enough to where it's hard for new people to adjust to Oh, wow. Okay. So this team thing is going on and all that sort of thing. And so that was, and we were kind of trying to crank things through a little faster than we should have, I think, or I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know now. It's, it's always good for us to learn. I mean, that's the part of, of of going through memories, but okay. I want to take the last few minutes here Mm -hmm. and talk about some fun stories, anything that pops up for you specifically, but I have to share this one because as I'm looking through archive footage, there's a, there's some footage of an, uh, um, I think it was an edge service. You guys were playing worship. Mm. And then Chris was service leader, which is just funny <laughs> for me to think about now. Cause like, I'm sure he'd be great, but like, I just don't see him doing things like that super often, but he made some joke. I forget it, but like, it was a funny, like it was kind of a funny joke. It was kind of like, almost like a dad type joke. Mm-hmm. Right. And no one else is laughing except Lindy behind <laughs> him. And I was like, that's amazing. Where were you, <laughs> so were we married yet? I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I, I was going to have I you watch I thought it. he was really funny. When we were dating. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. you're yeah. so hilarious. But it just made me laugh. <laughs> but I might've been like, ha ha, mercy laugh. <laughs> Nobody else is laughing. Cause there's an entire room yeah. of a thousand I people don't not remember. laughing. I don't remember. <laughs> well, I'll pull it up. I, I didn't know you had archive footage of the edge stuff. Yeah, we, we yeah. use that for um, uh, phase three. 
That's oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That was the bumper. Yeah. Remember that's true. That. That's true. Yeah. Because that's where we said that's where we started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I got it. I well, mean, I, yeah, I remember, uh, you know, Chris, he was, <laughs> his motives were always in question. He wanted to be on the worship team really, really bad, mm-hmm. and it was already filled, and she was in charge of it, and he actually went around her to me to see if he could get on, mm-hmm. but it was all because he wanted to meet her. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to be around her. Because I said no. <laughs> I, he right. wanted to come, he wanted yeah. to come just to pray, and I kind of was like, ooh, this, the practices are closed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't yeah. come. I don't know you. Yeah. You don't need yeah, to come right. to that. Yeah. And so, because, in a way, we didn't really want to have disruptions. We have like a million people on stage. There was the edge. Right in the beginning was a lot of people so i just said no and so then he asked him he's like sure come on (laughs) so then he's at the practice and like i said you couldn't come he's like brett said i could (laughs) that's right Mm. just to pray but i also knew really is in charge uh, that's right well but also we also know his husband's motives were yeah i want to pray the whole time he had his eyes open yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it worked it did see that's the beauty of it it, you know uh, marriage and two kids later it's like who was right i think that's the that's the message that it's true it hadn't been for me saying yes. I we know. Might not Good be job, Pastor Brett. Good <laughs> job. <laughs> Playing matchmaker. <laughs> Any cool. stories from you, Brett? That was my story. That was your story. Uh, yeah, your pretty story? much. Yeah, just uh, him working around her to get to me yeah. to get back to her mm-hmm. yeah that's a pretty good that one that's a, a good whole one. family that's yeah. uh yeah. resulting any like celebrating things i mean that you would say i mean i know you talk about um the team that started but like we talk about lindy being a part of all of this for 10 years even before that anything that oh yeah i mean i i i could go on and on celebrating lindy i i, I mean that and, and she knows that we kid each other a lot it, it is kind of funny she, she talks about how I, I would come to her afterwards well how did you feel how that went but there came a day when she got to pay back you know, because she would do oh the, how the did messages. you feel that way yeah, that, that huh? sermon you did huh that was really interesting how you did that uh, so but I, I've always loved that relationship and, and then she uh, that really that's that is the catalyzing factor because I, I was at Bethel Lama for when she was still at college we were there and I knew all these musicians and I would try to talk them into doing things and I never could and they would just kind of ignore me and then she came along and did it and that was the catalyzing thing and so and staying with that level of faithfulness and I always knew it was driven you've heard it in, in just her language now uh, it's always been laced in the language of of being driven by worship and being driven by a deep heart for God uh, that you know the standards are there and we want to do things a certain way a certain style but it absolutely has always been what's her driving factor has been she walks with the Lord and everybody knows it and uh, she stays in the in the Bible and, and just has a deep and rich prayer life and is always that's why she's faithful and that's why God's been able to use her in such a powerful way I mean I believe that to my toes because I've watched it for it, this I've been 10 years for us it's been what 18 uh, I think it's been 18 years 2002 yeah, yeah so 18 years, 18 years. Yeah. Lean wow. worship for 18 years, whole. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm only 18. Yeah, I mean, it's just starting. Yeah, it's starting. Yeah, that's right. Sure. The years have been a lot kinder I think to you the, than they have been to me. I can tell you that much. The relationship that, like, I always felt like you gave good feedback, but I always felt like you received feedback as well. And I think that's why, over the years, that's what's helped us grow, is that I say, hey... I, this is just how my brain's working as you're teaching this. Am I the only one who's thinking that? How can we tweak just maybe just the delivery? Because I always felt like everything he said was spot on, but maybe just the way I'm receiving it. How can we like get rid of some of those barriers or things that cause me not to understand? Uh, <laughs> 
Getting rid of the barriers. Get rid of the barriers. How can we? How can we get rid of barriers so that people can uh, really experience Jesus and really understand the gospel? And I always felt like that with worship too. The reason why we even evaluate is because if things take our eyes off Jesus, then we've done something wrong. And so, what are as we evaluate? Are these things distracting us from experiencing who our Creator God is? And and are we being held back because of it? Are we so caught up in, oh my goodness, the transition from this to that was so disruptive. That's why we always have talked through those things is just try to smooth things out so that in the end people experience Jesus in just a rag away. But I would say the two memories I have are both of my girls have been baptized. Uh, and it was funny because Emmy was five and she was determined to be baptized. And it was before we kind of had set in place kind of an age limit. And I remember talking to her about it and she goes, some people may say I'm too young, but I have Jesus in my heart. So it doesn't really matter. I can be baptized. Well, <laughs> and I said, go. well, okay, well, I'm that? not going <laughs> to go against that. And her older sister at the time didn't want to be baptized. And then two years later decided she wanted to be baptized. So for me, those are big memories of just what God has been doing in them through this journey and then seeing them now really getting connected just in students in our middle school ministry and just the connection that they have with Amanda Seymour, which Jeff Seymour and I have led worship for about 18 yeah. years. Cool. And to have his wife now being ministering to my kids, it's just awesome to just have that relationship still. And again, it started from worship teams that now she's ministering to my kids and they're growing in the Lord because of her and just her influence on them. So it's been kind of awesome. That's awesome. We're actually on the podcast next week. So they are, they good. are. Yeah. Good. So I want to maybe ask them some of those questions it's too. Good. And I was, I was thinking about this, um, it's kind of popped up as I was sitting here just thinking about like when I first started working at one life and I remember the production meeting was probably one of the first meetings I had to yeah. sit in. And I was super intimidated because I didn't know what I was yeah. doing, but everyone's like asking me like, are you running planning center? I'm like, what's planning center? Like <laughs> I'd been around it, but I still remember like looking at different people and, and not just our staff, but just continuing to see great leaders. And I still like, I don't know if I ever says, but Lindy's a great leader and I love being able to learn and watch, um, people who do that well and doing it in a way where you're talking about, um, you're not doing it because you want this to be right, but you genuinely want it to be done well mm -hmm. for the glory of God. And so the church, and you know, we can say this, I think, well, has not always done well at it, allowing mm -hmm. women to be great leaders. Mm -hmm. And I love that we do that here. Um, and I feel like paving the way in a sense, you know, for more people like me to come in and um, evaluate Brett in a way that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, feels like we can still do that well. Yeah. So I just, right. I'm just thankful oh, for, cool. for more people to do yeah. that. So thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you. Now I'm emotional. Aww. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, Lindy, it's been great having you on awesome. here. It's been fun. We went a little yeah. long, but I think that we was, did. It was good. I was Sorry like, about that. I don't that. know what the time length is. It's usually oh. 30, 40 minutes, but conversation felt great. I so yeah, just kept going. Yeah. Anything else to close with, Brett? Uh, no. Amazing. I didn't have a question a while ago. I because we went long, probably yeah. not. I yeah. think yeah. it's probably I can't. Nothing jumps to mind other than uh, the theme. I guess has been 
we need to keep broadcasting because of all the reasons we've just shared. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's and so we can build and actually plant mm-hmm. churches. Yeah. Because I think we have a method now that we should chase. Mm-hmm. It's always the plan. So yeah. awesome. Well, thank you again, Lindy. Thank you guys for listening, watching. Um, again, if you have any questions or any thoughts or any feedback, anything you want to ask us from any of the content you hear today, you can always email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. Um, it's actually come to me. So I try to respond to them and read them. And sometimes we talk about them here on the podcast. But um, always enjoy and thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you next time.